Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We all think things about others based on what we see, but too often we can use these observations as barriers. As we continue our series in Ephesians, we will discover that to participate in God's will, we must see that He has torn down every barrier between us and others. To begin today, I, I just I have a confession to make. It's not a good confession. When I go out into public shopping, I have thoughts. I have thoughts about other people. Anybody? Everybody does this, right? I have thoughts. If a person is wearing a particular article of clothing or lack thereof, I have thoughts. If I see a person not return a cart to the corral, I have thoughts. If I see a person riding one of those electric carts when they don't look like they need to it, I have thoughts. You've called me on that before, Michaela, on your social media. (laughs) See, we all have thoughts about people along the lines of ages, the age of uh, certain lifestyles, what they wear, how they treat other people, how they speak. And I'll be honest, sometimes I do share these thoughts with my wife. Probably shouldn't. (laughs) Sometimes I do keep them to myself. But hopefully, hopefully always, I come to the realization that maybe what I am thinking doesn't define that person. And I ask for forgiveness (laughs) from God for thinking those things and maybe judging that person. I mean, let's really be honest. When we have these thoughts, when we see these attributes of people, when we, when we put labels on people, they very easily begin to roll into generalizations. We begin to basically judge that person and label that person in such a way. And if it sticks, well, we can think more of ourselves than that person, right? Think about the labels that we have. Here's just a few, right? Redneck. Ghetto. Stupid. Lazy. Well, that's weird. Those people are weird. We even go so much, we judge people on the way that they are now, we give them political titles these days, it feels like. All of these things, all of these definitions, all of these labels cause us to judge a person, and then you know what the purpose of it is, why we do this? Because we want to feel a little bit better about ourselves. And when we do that, we put up a wall. We put up a wall for ourselves to disassociate from that person who we might not like, disagree with, find they're just not our taste, however you might want to go about it. And when we put up a barrier and we begin to disassociate with people, well, do you typically begin to have a relationship with that person or people like that person that you have done that to? No. Very rarely do we go, I'm going to go be a friend with the person that I just made a judgment about in my head at Walmart. We rarely do that. 
Labels, generalizations, honestly, can really cause us to not live in God's will. And that's really what we're going to talk about today as we continue in Ephesians. Remember last week, the writer of Ephesians, which we believe is Paul, began this letter to a church and he shares this amazing proclamation. The will of God is for all things to come under Christ, to be united in Christ, to be brought under him. That's where time is going. If you have a timeline, right? That's the end, where all things are underneath him. And we didn't just talk about humans and people we judge at Walmart. We talk about the actual world, the actual creation. Jesus Christ didn't just come to redeem you and me. He came to redeem the entire universe. It's far bigger than just you or me. It's far bigger than just a group of people in champion. It's far bigger than the nations that we have. It's far bigger than this little planet that we are on. And we are a little planet, relatively, compared to the other ones. <laughs> As Paul moves forward, in the very beginning of chapter 2, he begins to share that all of this, the ability for us to participate in God's will, to, to move in this way, is all because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of you and I just, oh, well, now that I know this, I will be able to adjust my behavior and adjust my worldview and all of these different kinds of things. Rather, Paul says very, very clearly at the beginning of chapter 2 that all of that happens because of Jesus Christ. We are the handiwork of Jesus Christ. The faith that you and I receive from Jesus Christ is from him. And the only reason we can have it is because of him. And the only way that you might be able to do things in the way that he taught is because of him. It's all based on him. What we do is we receive. We receive Christ and his presence and his spirit. And he begins to work within us. So when it comes to the barriers that we put up between us and other people, what do you think Jesus is going to do for us? What do you think Jesus is going to ask of us as we move toward a reality where all things are under him? The good news is it's shared with us very plainly. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. It'll also be up on the screen for you as well. We read these words. So remember that once you were Gentiles by physical descent, who were called uncircumcised by Jews who were physically circumcised. At that time, you were without Christ. You were aliens rather than citizens of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. In this world, you had no hope and no God. But now, thanks to Christ Jesus, you who once were so far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. And with, this, when, with his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of the two groups, making 
peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. And when he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who are far away from God and to those who were near. Those who were far away from God and those who were near. Hear that. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people and you belong to God's household. It's God's household. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. As we read this, we begin to understand that there is a large group of Gentiles in the church in Ephesus, as well as all the churches that this letter will be circulated to, because this letter was given to more churches than just the one in Ephesus. And if you don't speak first century Jewish language, a Gentile is this. Anybody outside of the covenant people of God of Israel. That's it. Gentiles could be anybody. It could be somebody who is a fine citizen of Rome. And they don't necessarily have a religion that they hold on to. They just are good citizens. It could be a person who actually worships other idols and gods. It could be a person who is a full-blown atheist. Gentiles were everybody, and then there were the Jews. Now, I don't need to tell you this, but you know what the bigger, the bigger population was? The Gentiles. <laughs> a lot more Gentiles than Jews at this point. And I think it's really important to recognize that there was an immense amount of hostility, animosity. Really, quite frankly, there were plenty of barriers between Jews and Gentiles and Gentiles and Jews. And it was put up by, well, everybody. Well, Jews, Jews don't have a God in physical form like we do. Are they even religious in any kind of way? And Jews would say back to Gentiles, you all are worshiping other gods, not the one true God. Timothy Hahn describes the relationship between Jews and Gentiles as this. The division between Jews and Gentiles was not just interpersonal, it was existential and spiritual, claiming to dictate the possibility of hope and even, however hyperbolic, the presence of God. In other words... There was this thought that, especially among those who were Jewish, to say, can God even work in the rest of the people of the world? That's how bad it was. Is God even in the rest of the world? Is he even present? Or No, he's just with us. But then, 
Paul shares those who were not a part of the covenant people. Those who were cut off, if you get my humor there. Okay, never mind. Maybe you did. It's in the first verse, just so you know. Uh, (laughs) The division between them has been brought down. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because he is resurrected from the grave, there are no barriers between these two groups of people. And in fact, what Jesus has done has opened it up and brought those two together to become a single body. And that is what the early church was. There were a lot of those who were faithful for so many years being a part of the nation of Israel who experienced Jesus and then they were transformed by Jesus and everything came about. But then they began to share with those who did not believe in the God of Israel what Jesus has done. And they began worshiping together and they began living life together. And this was the amazing miracle of the early church. The Holy Spirit brought the two people together that were never there before. Now, in particular, in this moment, we are hearing about the divisions between Jews and Gentiles. But I don't think I need to share too many instances in our current world where there are plenty of barriers that we put up and other people put up between each other. In fact, the church, in some ways, has been a great wall builder. (laughs) But if what Paul is saying here is true, then the barriers isn't just between Jews and Gentiles, it's between people and people. It's between religious and non-religious. It's between people who have different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnicities, different everything. The church is to be this place where there are no walls. Femi Perkins says, cultural and religious divisions are contrary to God's vision of human salvation. But it's very easy to get cynical because after all, if we look at history, the church hasn't done a great job of incorporating those who are a part of Israel originally, even now today. In fact, a lot of, much, much of the early church that was just really came apart and those who wanted to stay faithful to the ways of the Old Testament went their own way. And now we have a a church that is actually primarily Gentile-led. But even if you go beyond that, there are plenty of divisions between the Gentile-led church. How many of you passed another church of the Nazarene on the way here today? How many of you passed a Catholic church or a Lutheran church? How many of you passed a Presbyterian church? How many of you passed a Baptist church? How many passed a Methodist church, Pentecostal church? 
How many of you bought past a non-denominational, which is actually Baptist, church? That's, that's a joke. They're not, there are some non-denominationals who are not exactly Baptist. We haven't done a great job within the church being one body. In fact, we have found plenty of things to divide ourselves among. And even today, it's even getting worse. There are people leaving churches and going to this church because it fits the very thing that I want God to be. And it's this kind of folks and it's this kind of thing. Martin Luther King Jr. didn't didn't observe that Sunday morning is one of the most segregated hours in all the week for nothing. We separate ourselves on skin color. We separate ourselves on theology. We separate ourselves in engagement in the community or how great this program is or politics or whatever it might be. This is not what Paul is talking about. This is not what Jesus came to do and this is not faithful to what God is wanting to do with this world. So the temptation to accept reality is not, it's not, a, it's not an option. We are called to open ourselves to each other. Every person, regardless of what they look like or how they live or where, who they're attracted to, of what kind of life they participate in, of what politics, the person that they voted for. We are called, friends, to realize that there is no barrier between us and other people. And you might think to yourself, but it's so much easier coming to a white, middle-class, Protestant church because they're all like me. Because if we get other folks who are not like me, we'll have more division, we'll have conflict, we'll have all of these things. The answer to that is right in the middle of this passage, friends. Verse 14. Christ is our peace. Peace doesn't come through having the least amount of conflict. Peace does not come by dividing and conquer and being correct. Peace does not come through creating a homogeneous congregation where everybody looks the same and thinks the same. Peace comes through Christ who allows us to accept people no matter how different they are, no matter how different they think, no matter how different they act, no matter anything. And in Him we have a unity and a peace to let go of those differences. I find that the people who have no peace are the people who are tending to create divisions among people in our world. They're intentionally doing it. And I see it a lot. And sadly, it's not outside the church. It's inside the church. 
N.T. Wright says this, if our churches are still divided in any way along racial or cultural lines, he would say that our gospel, our very grasp of the meaning of Jesus' death is called into question. The good news, friends, is that we don't have to live according to the barriers that we have put up or that the world has put up between all of us. We don't. And in fact, in Christ, receiving his peace allows us to cross those lines. So the church, friends, is not a place that you have to be perfect to come and join. The church is not a closed entity that looks to perfect everybody's brain and brainwash you all. The church is the place of belonging. And in that place of belonging, in that safe space, there's an opportunity for God to work in every single person present. So if what someone is wearing or what they believe or what they have done keeps you and I from accepting a person, we are showing a lack of peace. Because our job, you know what God's will is for your, your and I's life? To bring everything under him. That means that there are no barriers in our way. In answer to the numerous, deep, numerous and deep divisions inflicted by humans upon humans, divisions of race, ethnicity, gender, religion, sexual identity, social status, or political allegiance, we find a God who embraces the whole of the human family. The whole of the human family. So friends... What barriers have you put up? Have you put up a barrier between you and God? Have you put up a barrier between you and somebody else in this room, outside of this room? What are these barriers? If you're not a follower of Christ, let me tell you something. Anybody who has told you that you can't follow Christ because of who you are or what you've done or where you've been or what you wear or what you want to do, all these different kinds of things, it's hogwash. God accepts you right as you are and calls you into a new life. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. He will help you let go of the things that are destructive in your life. He will help you to let go of the sin in your life. He will help you see people as he sees you. It's not typically an overnight thing, though. But to those of us in the church, I ask this question. What barriers do you put up from keeping others from Christ? Christ. 
Is it morality? Is it, well, I just don't like that person. Everybody is welcome here. Everybody is welcome here. And God will work within us. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be this particular thing. Everyone is welcome here. The church is a place of belonging. With that, are we doing our part bringing everything under Christ? Everything under Christ. Every person under Christ. How many of you have a family member or a friend who doesn't believe in God at all? Are you walking with them? Are you loving them? Have you invited them to be a part of this community? Have you opened yourself up to them? Our job isn't to divide and keep. We're not called to be gatekeepers. We're called to be disciple makers. And that looks different for every person. So let me be very, very clear here. If you're wondering if certain folks are allowed to be here at church and not allowed to be here at church, let me, let me be very open with you. Is your friend an atheist? They're welcome here. Is your friend another religious affiliation? They're welcome here. Is your friend a part of the LGBTQ community? They are welcome here. Do you have an anarchist for a friend? They're welcome here. Do you have a Democrat for a friend or a Republican for a friend? They're welcome here. Again, these are stupid things, though, aren't they not? It's sad that we have to say this. You have a friend with a different shade of skin color? They are welcome here. Do you have somebody who is not from this country? They're welcome here. Do you have somebody who has broken the law? They're welcome here. Do you just have a friend who's a fine person? They're welcome here. Our job is not to gatekeep. Our job is to extend an invitation and help people belong so that God can do something wonderful. So that God can complete his will for the entire universe. Yesterday, um, I got some news that one of the associate pastors when I was a kid at Warren First Church of the Nazarene in Warren, Pennsylvania, uh, passed away. His name was Jim. Jim Grinnan, his name was. And um, Jim... <laughs> Jim told terrible jokes. Uh, <laughs> he really did. Like, he, he had a joke for every moment, and you're just like, oh, boy. But Jim, Jim's relationship with me was when I was eight years old to about 16. I don't know. Those formative years when you were a kid, preteen, teenager, right? And Jim was in his later 40s, probably 50s during this time. And Jim, 
Jim had a, just an ability to love you and to invite you into relationship, to, to do something with him, all those different kinds of things. Now, here's the deal. All of his kids are grown. He's middle-aged. Why would he want to hang out with, an, with a 13-year-old brat like myself? I hear that sometimes. I hear that sometimes from folks who are middle-aged. I don't want to spend time with the young people. Why? They're too different. They're on TikTok all the time. I'm on TikTok to keep up with the young people these days. But he came to me one day and he said, I would love for you to join the worship team on Sunday mornings. Not the youth worship team, the actual worship team. And here I am at the age of 13, 14 years old, playing music, helping lead worship whenever I really don't have the fullest grasp of Jesus at all. But he still invited me. He invested in me. He loved me right where I was. And little did I know that as I became an adult and I began to realize how much he poured into our entire family. Because you see, our family coming to the Church of the Nazarene in Warren, Pennsylvania wasn't the ideal family. We were a blended family. We were a blended family. I had two stepsisters. I had a stepdad. And quite frankly... Still in that time frame, those families were looked at with judgment and with disgust. Still can. And yet, he's the very reason that really all of us started in a, that journey of faith because he invested in us in so many ways. I can't tell you the story of my stepdad that's his story to tell, but I can tell you that as my mom and I were reflecting yesterday, the reason why my stepdad is where he is today is in part because of Jim. He's a man of God who did not see the differences and did not keep those as a way to separate himself from others. Rather, he poured into people fully different from him, different ages, different demographics, all of it. And again, I, I just share that one of the reasons why I am standing here today is because of Jim's faithfulness to God. That's what you and I are called to. Every one of us, not just me, not just the leaders of this church, every single one of us are called to not allow barriers to divide us, but rather to see them as torn down and bringing all things to Christ. So friends, in this moment, as we look to close, what divisions do you have? What barriers do you put up with? And then I'll ask us as a church, what barriers do we put up between us and others? Maybe it's time that we lay at the feet of Christ. And so I'm going to just share, this altar's open. And if this is the day that, that you've realized that the way that you treat people is really based upon the divisions of our world or the divisions that you have brought forth, would you come and lay them at his feet? Would you give them to him? Would you allow him to work something new in you? Because, friends, 
ain't separating anything. God is with us and will do amazing things, even amongst the people who are different than us. May we be a part of God's will in this world. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.